We're recording. Oh, shit. You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 74. Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. My name is Rob, and as always, I'm joined by Greg. Hello, Rob. And Jimmy. Hi, Rob. Hello, boys. To... <laughs> we discuss things like I think he actually creeped himself out there. I did. <laughs> we discuss things like pop culture entertainment and sometimes a little bit of nostalgia. This week, we're going to take a pretty deep dive into the new movie, Alita Battle Angel. And the Netflix series Umbrella Academy. Also, you know, at the Rob, end of the sh- what? Oh, sorry, sorry. I interrupted. But I'm going to keep interrupting. So I guess, what, a month and a half ago or so, about two months ago, we did our things we're most looking forward to. One of yours, Alita mm-hmm. Battle Angel. One of mine was Umbrella Academy. And both of them ended up coming out on the same week, which I didn't even know. Boom! And That just happened. I think I was uh, pretty pleased with both of our decisions, but we're going to talk about that in a bit, I think. I, I think we shall, and um, I'm hoping that my choice does far better elsewhere than it did here. Otherwise, we may not get the sequel that we desperately need. True, true. So, so at the end of the show, I may have something to say about that. Okay, fair. This is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers, though not so much for Umbrella Academy in terms of gigantic twists, because none of us have finished it yet. If we're At least talking in the Netflix format, correct. I have re- I have read the book, which is possible that it's close. So you okay. already know what happens. Yeah, I, I read the book about I don't know eight years ago, so I didn't really remember it until I started seeing the pieces fall into place. Forgive the tool reference and the reference to our last episode that was also a tool reference. And the reference that you're a tool? Yes. And hopefully that will be reviewing a tool album this year. Anyhow, if we are talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, then use your own discretion. Anything new, guys? Well, this week my news is Greg's news because pretty much everything I've been doing is just watching movies and trying to finish umbrella academy um i did get a microwave onion cooker from the thrift store (gasps) go on what yeah it's it's this great little gadget you stick an onion and you stick it in your microwave and it makes your uh house smell like an onion farted (laughs) um (laughs) so is that why someone would buy it best description yeah um it yeah, it uh, I was ninety nine cent, and um, I was curious. So the other night, I ate a whole onion while watching Umbrella Academy because um, I didn't want to waste it. But that's my exciting news. Wait, was that alone? Because were you just sitting there alone eating an onion and watching television? Sadly, yeah. eating a, a cooked onion. I wasn't sad. I was enjoying myself. I love onions. Ugh, I can't. Oh God, that grosses me out. I, I oh, like onions, I'm but gonna... I don't know that I could eat an onion, like, just by itself. I'm like going to bring you one tomorrow, Greg. No. I'm going to bring you a cooked onion tomorrow. Ugh. Do, you, do you just eat it like an apple? No. I'm not a maniac. <laughs> 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 he can eat a 
it's like okay let's put it this way when i order a bloomin onion i do it so i could peel all of the fried bits off and eat that and leave a sad limp onion laying on the plate man one of my friends is in australia right now and i i just i hope she gets a chance to try an authentic bloomin onion um is that really an outback thing or is that or is that really an australia thing or is that really more of just like an outback uh commercialization that's what i thought too i was gonna ask that same question like you go over there and ask for a bloomin' onion, and like some angry Australian guy will beat your ass. He goes, "Oh crikey, mate! And She's he, a beauty!" <laughs> smashes like a bottle. A, what was the the thing from Taco Bell? That's like you completely made up. Taco Bell. No, there was like a, a thing on their menu that's completely made up. The nacho fries. No, those are gross. I don't it was, know. It was the thing that was advertised by the Chihuahua, but it wasn't Chalupa? real. Chalupa. Yes, that's what it was. I think that's what I think that's what it was, but uh, anyway, possibly. Either way, everything on Taco Bell's menu sounds like it's made up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, are, are we done talking about microwave and eating onions? No, I could talk about this for the next hour and a half. Okay, actually, I did walk into Publix and they have a big bin of onions right inside the front door, like in the sale area. <laughs> and I stopped. I took a picture of it for you because all I could think about was like, this is like thirty dinners for you. 30 straight nights of sitting on the bed and watching Netflix. Eating Eating, whole onions. steamed onions. Like an apple. Yeah. Well, we usually ask for this at the end, but uh, listeners, if you are willing to eat an entire onion, let us know why. And if you think it's weird and gross, also let us know why. You know how to contact us. However, If you think it's weird and gross, you can keep your damn opinions to yourself because I don't want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just be sitting here drinking my glass of clamato juice and eating my steamed onion. <laughs> you think I'm joking? I love that stuff. Jimmy's it a recluse. Sounds so disgusting when you say it that way. <laughs> it's like drinking a lukewarm clamato juice. Clamato. <laughs> we are way off the rails. I whoever was like, man, this claim would like be an so STD much better. When you say it that way. <laughs> The person I got who, the clamato. Whoever they are, the person well, you that you gotta take like, some aspen for that, Rob. The person <laughs> that said, it. "Man, this clam would be so much better with tomato juice," and I, that person deserves sainthood. Jimmy's making some bold predictions tonight, or bold uh, statements tonight. But I want to talk about some brand new music, and I think Jimmy does too. And we're going to oh, talk yeah, about yeah, that right music. Here. Yeah. So the band FM84, that if you want to search for it, that's FM-84, uh, released a new track. They haven't released a lot of stuff, but everything they have released, they have, what, two albums or like an album and an EP or something? Yeah, something like that. Everything they've released has been really good, like without any hiccups. Like I can listen to their straight, their catalog straight through without stopping. Uh, very synth-wavy sound, very, a little bit of vaporwave, a little bit of very Miami Vice kind of cool sound. I believe they're out of San Francisco. Uh, Los Angeles, actually. And right. this marks a uh, a new chapter of FM84 because I believe in my research uh, reading that Ollie Ride has joined FM84 full time. Yeah, so he used to be like when you would read one of their tracks, it would say this, it would be FM84 featuring Ollie Ride. Now he's part of the band. Um, when you first go to their site, it does say they were formed in San Francisco. I don't know if they're in LA now, but... and. Uh, We're going to take a moment and listen to a little bit of their song. The song is called Bend and Break. It is available on Bandcamp. You get two songs, the one with 
with vocals and the one that's just a musical, you know, instrumentalist or instrumental. And I'm shutting up now. Enjoy. That's probably the first time you heard it. Mm-hmm. Was that offensive to you at all, or was it super, super offensive? No, <laughs> not at all. It was almost as offensive as sitting in your room alone and eating an onion. Sadly, with eating a an onion. Tall, yeah. cold glass of tomato juice with about five <laughs> or six ice cubes and some uh, ground pepper. That's a thing that I do. I'm not making this up. I'm proud of it. God, he does that and writes angry letters to like the parent office of. Like old companies that discontinued his favorite gross foods, they should serve clamato juice at school lunch. Yuck, dude! When I worked at Publix, if someone was was anywhere near the tomato juice or clamato juice aisle, and you heard a glass shatter, all the bag boys would run the hell away because they didn't want to have to clean that shit up. Like, nope, uh, no. you, your entire staff there just had really poor taste. <laughs> anyway, uh, that song. There's a couple things in that song that I really like. Uh, and one, it definitely harkens back a little bit to In Your Eyes, the way the, the keyboards come up. And I wouldn't say it's a copy of In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel, of course, but it does, it reminds me enough of it to where it kind of puts me in a happy place. But the only thing I don't like is that echo clap thing. I love that. I don't, I don't care. And there's a reason why. It's because it reminds me of the hold music that Cisco uses. The dun, oh, yeah. dun, 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 like that. It's, which I've, if you've ever heard it, you know it, and you've usually heard it for, you know, 45 minutes as you're waiting to change your, like, AT&T bill or whatever you're out there doing. When I focused on that, I was like, ugh. But I happen to love the song. I've listened to it a bunch of times. I've listened to it so much on Bandcamp that I now, that I had to buy it, which I would have done anyway. But I got to that point where they're like, you've listened to this a lot. Maybe you should give them some money. <laughs> Please buy it, because, yeah. really? Yeah, so I did give them the $1. Guys, you should, too, if you liked what you heard. Absolutely. FM-84, look them up on Bandcamp and download that shit, boy. Oh, fuck. Shoot, sorry. <laughs> Why are you all of a sudden worried about swearing? I don't know. So, yeah, because I'm going to do it right here. Because, Jimmy, I don't know if you're fucking with me or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I totally thought it was pronounced Clamato. Well, uh, you are probably sitting there with your Moet and Caviar right now, then aren't you, Mr. Fancy Pants? Do you say tomato? Do you no, say tomato? No. Tomato. Clamato. It's a clam and a tomato. Clamato. Anyone who says clamato is wrong. Uh, well, on YouTube, there is a website that, or a YouTube channel about how to pronounce stuff. And okay. for some reason, it's on there. Right, so great. let's see what they have yeah. to say. Yeah, let's do it. Clamato. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, clamato. <laughs> Well, I've been wrong this whole time. I want to issue an apology to the 
Clamato makers of America and worldwide. My apologies. In my 35 years, I've been saying that incorrectly. <laughs> the the weird robot voice has spoken. Clamato. And Clamato. I think as we're going to talk about a little bit later, the robots are going to take over the world. <laughs> so we might as well just pronounce it the way they want you it better. To. Thank you, weird robot. Oh Clamato my god, look, is... up how, look up how to pronounce pecan. Or pecan. Oh it's pecan. Yeah, it's pecan. Okay, but I don't have that set up here. Oh so, my god. Um, you guys, do you... It, Pronounce pecan. Here we go. How to pronounce? Oh, found the same website. Here we go. Uh, I'm waiting. Well, it says pecan American pecan, which I don't know what that means. So uh, clearly, yeah. Rob, since he hates baseball and Billy Joel, and he can't say pecan right, and he's not American. Actually, wasn't that saying that American was? I pecan? think that. Pe- yeah, that was an abnormally weird website. <laughs> it's pe- uh, <laughs> It's a. It's, it's pecan. pecan. It's pecan. No, it's not <laughs> pecan. I don't know. This guy sounds really official. Okay, let's go back to our site to our podcast here. We're recording a podcast. Uh, we are. <laughs> we're, just, we're not just ordering random southern foods. Uh, guys, is it time for snap decisions? Why the hell not? <laughs> I mean, we've gone so far off here. All right, so we've had some missteps. What the? F- what was that? I don't appreciate that. I'm done. <laughs> I think Greg muted himself, or maybe not. Okay, so I have a, a snap decision here. Does the moderate success, better than expect, expected success of Alita Battle Angel, give you hope for live-action remakes of the animes in the future? Or is that something you just don't care about at all? I do care. Okay. By the way, when you, um, in my eyes, when you said you were done, I, I pictured you angrily dumping an entire glass of Clamato juice onto your keyboard. <laughs> it's <laughs> storming and storming. Out it's Clamato. Clamato. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. Ready? Here we go. Snatch. Yes. So I've got one here. So I was thinking about this while when I saw Alita Battle Angel and loved Alita Battle Angel. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It had a slightly better than expected take but a lot of that was because of overseas will be over because of overseas which i think we'll get into in a bit and i think one of the big problems with a lot of these these remakes quote-unquote remakes is that the fan base themselves are the people that should be bringing the most excitement and joy to these movies and usually without fail they're the biggest whiny bitches about it yeah they'll just it's not like this and yeah that you know you're missing out the thing and not everyone, including myself, is going to enjoy an anime-styled thing, but the story if the stories are good, I will enjoy it in a live action. I happen to like Ghost in the Shell in anime form. I happen to like it in live action. Uh, to be completely honest, the live action one actually bores me a lot less at the end. I, I zone out on most anime after a little while. Mm-hmm. So I like that kind of stuff, but the people that like the purists need to shut the hell up and go away and just support the original creators. Cause the original creators are the ones that are selling the rights. They know what's going to happen to them. Yeah. It's not like it's a surprise. It's not like they don't get some input and they're going to make money from it. So if you don't see it, that's fine. You just don't see it, but going online and trashing it and signing petitions like, Oh, why did they hire this type of actor or that type of actor? That crap needs to stop because we're running out of good franchises and 
it's going to get to the point of where the only franchises are going to be what Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Harry Potter. Yep. Because anything new gets crushed and not that a remake of an anime thing is new, but it is new for American audiences. So I am totally ready for it. And they just need to find a way to counteract the quote unquote fans. Gotcha. Yeah. Agreed. Rob, any opinion? Um, I, I too am ready for it. I hope they can do it as long as it's done well. Um, I actually did not have a problem with ghost in the shell. However, there have been some big, some big, um, Terrible movies, if you will. I'm looking at you, Aeon Flux. But um, <clears throat> well, Aeon Flux wasn't actually anime. That was well, anime inspired. I think it was actually French. But I thought you were going a different direction. I thought you were going to go M Night Shyamalan's lovely version of what uh, Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why don't I mean, you that's... let him finish, Greg? But anyway, sorry. Um, it it can. I I'm very much looking forward to them tapping that resource. Um, as long as they do it well, they. They need to put in the effort. They need to not try and rewrite the story to suit what they think the audience wants. Because that story is already in place, Transformers. That story is already in place, and you don't need to reinvent the wheel to do these things. You just need to figure out how to adapt it to a live to a live screen. So, yes, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it can be done. I just don't want them to fuck it up. Because it is very irritating when they fuck up a product that you love. Yeah, I'll agree with you and, both. And that's and mm-hmm. that's where <clears throat> that's where I understand uh, the fanboys having an issue with some of the things that they've done to the the franchises that they love. Because it there is a certain point where I feel like movie movie companies are just capitalizing on the name and misleading you as to what they're actually going to put out there, and they're trying to draw you in with the name alone and being like. F you, this is what we want to do. We're going to, and it's like, well, if you wanted to do something different, just call it something else. You don't have to try and dupe people into coming to see it. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Um, I, this conversation came from a, uh, this question came from a conversation I was having with my students the other day. We got talking to talking about the classic Akira and I said, yeah, you know, they've been in talks to release a live action version of that for the longest time. And one of the students, I said, well, what do you think? You know, don't touch it. Or, you know, what do you think? She said, oh, don't touch it. It's classic. And, you know, you you can't touch it. And I said, well, what if I told you that Taika Waititi was attached to that movie and pretty deeply attached? And she said, who's that? (laughs) And And you're like, get the fuck out of my class right now. (laughs) <laughs> no, I can't. I can't swear at them. Um, I'd be all like, and touch away, Taika. Touch uh, away. I, I said he did Thor Ragnarok, and she goes, "Oh, well, if he's going to do it, then yeah." Um, I think they need to get directors on these projects, like a Robert Rodriguez, who has got a just really exceptional body of work, and you know Taika Waititi, people who understand these stories in print format and they can bring them to life. I don't have a problem with it. Greg, I think you're right. I think people, you know, as soon as they announce that, Hey, production's begun on Akira, there's going to be a huge backlash, but if they got the right people working on them and you cast the right people, then these have a really big potential to be an untapped market. And I'm, if, if Taika Waititi is at the helm of Akira, then bring it on because I want to see that. 
And now I do understand that there are some limitations involved with going live action because, uh, to be honest, with a lot of this anime and manga stuff, if they did this live action, it would receive a fairly mature rating. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine Ninja Scroll live action? Yes, please. Can you imagine what the rating on that would be? X. Yeah, yeah pretty much. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I could... I could see where they could make an Akira a PG-13. You're right, but let's see where it goes. Excellent. Well, shall we move on and talk about our first topic? Our first topic of the night is Umbrella Academy. That is the new Netflix series um, about a group of youngsters with special powers. It is written by, and I found this out the other day, I didn't know that Gerard Way... It's a singer in My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. I felt like I was actually able to teach you something about that world, which is very rare. So I felt good about that. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, yes. it's, I was going to say it's based on a comic that he did several yes. years ago, which I mentioned earlier, a graphic novel slash comic. It came out in individual issue form by Dark Horse, and mm-hmm. it is it is collected into a graphic novel, and it's totally worth reading. And the art is incredible. Yeah. Um I, I think this show is amazing. Um, it, it stars a super sad Ellen Page for at least most of the series. Uh, Tom Harper is Luther, who looks to me an uncomfortably lot like Philip Rivers of the San Diego Chargers. L.A. Chargers. I, L.A. Chargers. Um, that's what, right. what I was thinking about that when I first saw him, because he's, he's a little, the actor Tom Hopper, he's a little changed in this, and... Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know him out there, he was he played I think the first mate in the show Black Sails, and I was like watching it. And I'm like, why do I know that person? And then Jimmy, of course, said, "Looks like Philip Rivers." I'm like, oh, that must be how I know him. And then it occurred to me later on when they do like a flashback sequence that <laughs> he uh, was like, oh, that's the guy from Black Sails, which is also awesome. You should watch that as well. I've heard things. I really want to. Uh, also stars David Castaneda, Emmy River Lampman, Robert Sheehan. Aiden Gallagher, Mary J. Blige. Yes, I said Mary J. Blige. And Cameron Britton. Who was Mary J. Blige? Is she the She's, uh, lady or whatever? Yeah. yeah Cha-Cha. Oh, okay. Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. That, she's fantastic in it. I, yeah. I really think everybody is. And the other uh, guy is really good, too. The Her partner is really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Almost so, lovable. Oh, mm, he really mm, didn't want I, to hurt the donut lady, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we'll get into that, I suppose. But uh, basically with this, you've got um, – you can glean this from the trailers. The world has ended. There is nothing in our future, as Five has, find out, has found out. And um, I guess this, this group of uh, individual, individuals with, uh, with powers, but each with their own baggage – must try and find a way to save the world. And of these individuals, their their names are numbers. That's when Jimmy said five. There's a one, a two, a three, a four, a five. Like each one just has a number. They don't, they're not called like, you know, Power Boy or Force Lad or Fire Ass. They're nothing like that. They all have their own. Force like, Lad and Fire Ass. There we go. So, yeah, they were um, of the, let's see, six of them were adopted. Um, under circumstances that have yet to been explained, they were all born on the same day to mothers who had not previously been pregnant. Right. When the day started. When the day started. Correct. 
their mothers were not pregnant, but they were born that day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really interesting concept. It it has all the feel of a Professor X's school for gifted children mm-hmm. kind of vibe to it. But that goes, I think, out the window pretty quickly and pretty violently. Literally out the window, somebody goes out of a window. Uh, are you referring to the bank? Yes, I bank am. Roberts. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, these are not like, yeah, these kids are friggin' violent, dude. Yeah, there was, that was there's an opening sequence that kind of introduces you to them where mm-hmm. they there's one one sequence where they go into a house and and a hostage situation. And then there's a slightly longer sequence in the same episode. So it's all episode one mm-hmm. that they do this in a bank and they it shows off their powers in a very unique way without having to spend a lot of time on it. Like, Wait, what here was they the are scene in the house, the scene in the house. Yeah, Is it, there's a it's a very there's short a burglary. Sequence. Yeah, burglary. Oh, that 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 wasn't that was just oh, that Diego's was just Diego. Yeah, that was just Diego's introduction. That wasn't the kids. That's right. That was Diego. Oh, okay. I thought it was the rest no, of them were there. That too. was grown Diego. Yeah, no, that was just Diego's introduction. Okay. Yeah, I thought that it was. I thought that there was two of them because there's there's two different sequences in the dark, and I thought because they were wearing the masks that that it was showing at least two of them. But I guess yeah, it was all the same no, guy. you're right. I, I mean, Diego's the only one who still wears something that resembles yeah. the mask. Right. Well, either way, no big deal. Move on. Yep. So, what do you guys think so far? Where are you? I, no, we're not done yet. I am uh, currently on episode number six. I got up to eight, and then uh, I went back and watched episode one, which is why I thought that there was an additional sequence because I thought that that attack was, like I said, um, I'm, showing the whole team. But right. I wanted to, I because it, it gets a little complex towards the end, and I wanted to go back and see what they introduced about the characters. And how they introduce the characters and things like that as as I moved on. I'm only at episode three, so okay. That's, so we didn't I think that's the episode. Anything. I think that's the episode where I really got hooked. Um, it was two three. for me. It was two. Two is when I was actually like yelling, screaming. Um, even but even before then, there's a scene in episode one where they return back to the mansion and. Luther puts on a record and it's, I think we're alone now by Tiffany and each of the characters in their different rooms, they hear it and they mm-hmm. all start dancing in their own way. Yeah. And well, that's a super feel good, like total mall pop, you know, nostalgic kind of thing. They do this absolutely brilliant thing with, I mean, not just the camera, but compositing and and editing that they do with this shot. It pulls away, and it's almost like a dollhouse, like a cross it's section like, of the dollhouse. Yeah, it's like a cross section of a dollhouse, and but each person is dancing in their own their little rooms. So you know, there's just an introduction to some of the very cool effects that they do. Real quick, who was the best dancer? If if you gave Ellen Page, I think another forty five seconds, she would have been the clear winner. But I got to go with Luther and his like little crab dance. <laughs> Luther was definitely the most entertaining. Diego, I thought was probably the best dancer. Ellen oh, yeah. was just sad though. I was like, "What is going on there?" I don't... She was starting to get it going, and then I was just like, "Ah, keep going." But eh. yeah, Diego's got—he's got moves. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the camera techniques now. As I mentioned, as we mentioned before, Gerard Way, My Chemical Romance, and they they were very well known for some pretty interesting videos. Specifically, Helena had mm-hmm. the, all of the, uh, ironically, all the umbrellas in the rain and and like 
old school kind of musical type choreography. And I'm wondering how much he had to do with that video and how much he had to do with the cinematography in this. Like, was he there? Because there's some awesome shots. Like I was, there, really, we yeah. were talking about that earlier. Like the, the shot with the dancing was great. There's a shot later on, which it's not going to hurt ruin anything, but I think they're looking in a library for something. And it's one of those, one of those ones with the, that's just a big round building with like an opening in the center, like multiple stories. And it's almost like it's the a camera. Rotunda. Yeah. Like a rotunda. And it's the cameras on one side and it's slowly panning up all the different la- levels. And you see the guy, the people like kind of walk in from each side, meet up and then, okay, we haven't found the person yet. And like, as the camera pans up, you see him like again and again and again without having to like walk up. It's just a really cool shot. And then the one where they split the screen into four uh, was an awesome shot too. And then pull out the two middle frames. And when they put them back in, they're like, the people were together again. It was it's just a really cool shot. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Just, yeah, oh. it, you will. <laughs> um, who is your favorite character so far? Mine uh, or Greg's? Both of you. Greg, go first. Uh, I actually like Luther the best, but the one that's the most entertaining is very is clearly uh, I don't remember Klaus. Klaus, Klaus, yeah. Klaus. Klaus is oh, very God. much the most entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I just I have a hard time understanding personally. I have a hard time understanding addiction. In though, in this case, his addiction actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but it I have sure a hard does. time understanding it. Um, you know, I barely even drink, but so like. It's hard for me to attach to those kind of characters. Like self- I mean, we can, we, can, we can talk about why why he's got the addiction, right? I mean, yeah, that's fine. Powers, yeah, giving that's his fine. powers away isn't like a huge spoiler. Because um, mm-hmm. apparently Klaus's power is that he can speak to the dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the dead are always talking to him. Yeah, and... or they speak to him. With right. He can't, like... Unless he's high on something, we find out. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's uh, self-medicating. So it, uh, the the addiction in Klaus completely makes sense as far as the story goes. Yeah, yeah, and and he is yeah. remarkably entertaining, particularly yes. one of the best sequences in the entire thing that I can't talk Ooh. about with Rob here. No, we we can't talk about it with Rob here. But it I don't it, know. I I found the sequence in the uh, in the implant office to be very entertaining, where they were tracking down the eyeball. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And, oh, that was such a fight club. Like, and number five took Klaus in to act as his father. Mm-hmm. Oh, so funny. He's it just it's little things he does and little things he says. But no, there's a part later on that I I was in tears mm-hmm. um, because of his reaction to a situation. And we'll revisit this probably when we come back and and talk about what we you know our kind of like wrap up of it next week. But, but there's one oh, phrase man. I could say. It's not a good idea to try to torture a masochist for information. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So favorite character. Uh, yeah, my other thought on this was because of the, the the original comic, which doesn't take any budget to make, I was a little concerned how they were going to do a few things, particularly the monkey butler, which, by the way, you I managed to actually forget about the fact that they have a really well-done monkey butler in He's my thing. favorite character, by the way. I yeah. never answered that question. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go <laughs> oh, ahead. Okay. Well, I just answered it for you, I guess. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, honestly, um, I, I agree with you. Klaus is the most entertaining, but I, I, I'm hesitant to say that he's my favorite character just because I find him kind of tiresome at times. Um, I'm, I'm really, really hoping that they find out that Vanya does have some kind of power and that she can actually be, 
you know, participate in everything that's going on. Because I just, I just feel bad for her. Yeah, she, well, Ellen Page is an excellent actress. So when she pretends to be sad in a film, it it mm-hmm. it affects you because she's good. But as I was saying, Monkey Butler. Yeah. Like, there's so much crazy stuff going on that every so often they return to the house and there's this monkey wandering around and this android mom. And there's all sorts of stuff going on and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, this is totally eclectic and weird. But yet you still kind of connect with some of the characters. And I think that having someone that was that it was a celebrity when this first got written, he was basically allowed to just go deep into his mind and come up with the stuff that he just thought was cool. Like, I love the X-Men, and I love this and this and this, and put it all together. And it actually comes together well, and it works. And that's mm-hmm. what impressed me about the original book. And having forgotten about the book, seeing it again, like, oh, this still actually works in a different format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found myself um, trying to find problems with it. Uh, that's just what my computer graphics-oriented mind does. And there's a, there's an explosion in the first episode. I was like, all right, here's where we're going to find out. Like, oh, man, it, this had a really decent budget. This It's very well done. This didn't take it. There you go. And, and I got to tell you, that's that's one of the things that, that has bugged me for the first couple of episodes is it looks like they have a decent budget to be able to do this stuff. And if they have a decent budget, why in the hell – does Luther look like he's just wearing pillows underneath his friggin' jacket? <laughs> he kind of does. I'm like, I'm like, really? You couldn't have come up with a better costume than that? I mean, I swear to God, it looks like he is really wearing a padded vest. You know, like the the fake uh, Halloween muscle shirts or whatever the that you find. Muscle man. It looks like he's friggin' wearing one of those. I'm like, what the hell? You're you're gonna have to keep watching. I don't think you're there yet. I, I mean, I saw I saw him get hit by the chandelier and have the shirt torn off, and he's got all the oh, okay. hair and everything underneath. Okay, yeah. But, he's supposed he's supposed to look distorted like that, right? But what I'm saying is, is even with the jacket on, it mm-hmm. looks like padding. It doesn't look like muscles. It looks like they just stuffed pillows in his jackets. He does look like a cartoon strongman, or like Robin Williams in the Popeye movie. Yeah, supposed to look I mean, a little bit like a well. He's supposed to be half gorilla, half man, really. And and I and I understand that, and that's fine. But they didn't really. It doesn't really come across that way when he's wearing his jacket. When he's wearing his jacket, it just looks like they stuffed his jacket with them. That's all I'm well, saying. In, in my theory, leading up to this reveal that Greg Greg may have just revealed, um, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was like ninety percent turned werewolf. That's why he was living on the moon, and I was so excited for that. Oh, but I still man. don't know why he's living on the moon, but I don't either. Actually, no. Is that one of those things that they just kind of like fail to go back to? I mean, because that I, seems like yeah. a pretty big plot point. <laughs> I don't know yet. I mean, I know Diego. There's told a conversation that. about it, but it doesn't. It still doesn't resolve. Yeah, That's Diego weird. told him at some point. That's why he sent you literally a million miles away. Yeah, but but they never really address it. Mm-mm. As awesome. far as I know, as far as where I'm at, so. Good okay, job. so all of us love it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Interesting. Can't wait to finish it. I'm mm-hmm. I'm very much enjoying it. Um, in fact, Jen didn't want to stop watching it for me to come up and record. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can go back to watching Game of Thrones. I got to go up here. You can't watch this without me. And she's cool. like, but, 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 no. <laughs> it's hard to put down. So if you guys um, 
like comics, if you like the X-Men, you know, if you like Deadpool to a certain extent, then you definitely check this out. Uh, Netflix, even with that price raise that they're doing, I think is still worth it. Oh, uh, I, if you like, uh, if you like yeah. Watchmen as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, that's, that's the biggest comparison that I've noticed. Um, to me, this has a very significant Watchmen feel to it. The, mm-hmm. the kind of, uh, flawed superheroes, if you will. And looking back at them in the past and seeing where they are now. Yeah. Yeah. Love Each that. one yeah. definitely has uh, their own issues. Excellent. All right. Well, I think we're going to move on to our next topic, which is one of the things that I've been very much looking forward to this year. And I have to say that I don't think it disappointed. I was very excited for the release of Alita Battle Angel. I'd seen several of the previews and it looked absolutely amazing just from the previews. It's go ahead. I was going to say, did you know when the movie was originally announced? No. When was the movie originally announced? 2003. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Has it been in production that long? Or it's did been it just in production get... hell Oh, that my. Long. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. So it hasn't actually, it just didn't get green lighted basically. Right. Okay. Avatar well, av- took. Avatar happened. Yeah. Gotcha. Cameron's intention away. But anyway, go on. It's, it's based on a manga. Uh, I, I think it's Gunnam. Gun. Gun. G-U-N-N-M. Gunnam. Clamato. <laughs> and it's by Yukito Kushiro. And it's got a fantastic cast, by the way. I mean, it's got, it stars Christopher Waltz, who some of you may know as the friendly cowboy from Django. He's also been in numerous other roles. He's been he's been killing it. He's been he's fantastic. Yeah, he's been all over the place. Jennifer Connelly, a uh, callback to another '80s gem, Labyrinth. The people in my theater in the theater that I was with gasped when she came on the screen. Really? Yeah, they were like so excited, but they were at, they were kind of annoying. But that part, I was like, at least gave them a little bit of credit for. Are you going to say a callback to Labyrinth? That's what I said. Yeah. Ah, nice. It's also got. Maharshala Ali, Ed Scrang, Jackie Earl Haley, and it's got a couple of other notable cameos. Um, mm-hmm. It took me a second to figure out who it was, but did you guys recognize the dog guy? Yeah, it was a guy from Lost. The dog bounty hunter? It's uh, Jeff Fahey. It wasn't Dog the Bounty Hunter? It was not yeah, Dog Jeff the Fahey. Bounty Hunter. Yeah, well, I know him from Lost, but he's in a lot of Robert Rodriguez's uh, films. And it, and it took me a second to recognize him. The other one that I was going, God, I know that face. Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? The motorball champion. Uh, yeah, Casper Vindian. No, he was a muck. He was the guy that broke in and stole oh, the Oh, you're talking about, uh, yeah, the dude from G.I. Joe. Yeah, the motorball champion. Jai Courtney. Guy. Yeah. Jai Courtney. It took me a second. I'm like, I know that guy. Who is that guy? Yeah. But anyway. I actually was unaware that, uh, uh, what's her face is in this, of. Uh, Oh man, I should have looked it up. Uh, girl from Fast and the Furious, Hispanic girl, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, uh, yeah, Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez, Rodriguez is in it. Yeah, she's really? in it as well. Yeah, uh, Who is she? she was. Uh, I forget. Oh, um, she's the the girl that's helping the lead character climb up the thing. Like when you're oh, seeing the flashback. Oh, the commander. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I did not recognize her, actually. Which would lead me to believe that if this does well enough to get a sequel, we're going to see more of that because yeah, it, becomes on a her, bigger character. On her IMDb, it says Gelda, uh, parentheses, uncredited. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, so awesome cast. 
Yeah, very, very good. And, oh, and I'm sorry, the star is Rosa Salazar, who was yes, who was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was in uh, Bird Box. And I don't know how much of it was motion capture and how much of it was actually them just kind of filming her face and putting it on the body. So it was it, there. There is a behind the scenes video there. It is pretty much all motion capture, but the way okay. they did the points on her face, they used her face right to control and give her the look that she mm-hmm. did so uh, she's still there yeah, so, since we're talking about faces i was going to bring this up later but i'll bring it up now a lot of people complained about the eyes when they saw the trailer oh get over One, it and like to the point of where people are like i'm not going to see that movie because the eyes are weird and whatever and once the movie actually starts i didn't even notice it at all in fact i actually thought it helped me like attach remember. myself to that character not remember because i mean obviously she was on the screen most of the time but it was more like oh, i see you mean remember that she was like an android because she yeah. was very lifelike mm-hmm. right partially she wasn't exactly that, human it, yeah. it helped me empath- empathize mm-hmm. with some of her you know things mm-hmm. you know the same way as those like those puppy dog like hallmark cards do sure it uh you know they say the eyes are the window to the soul so hers were definitely larger than most. Um, there, there's another reason for that. It, uh, Rob, you know, like you said, she's not, she's not even human. The parts of her that are quote human are not human. Um, they're actually Martian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's the, the take on that. And, um, yeah, if you, you want to really get into aliens and, little gray men with large eyes, then I think it comes more from that than anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course the original manga, I mean, they're trying, that's anime and manga tend to do the bigger eyes too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The large eyes. Yeah. Thing. I, I, I honestly figured it was more of a, uh, of a nod to the, to the anime and manga animation style of the, yeah. of the big eyes. Oh yeah. But the, I, I have to say a couple of things that stand out. One, the special effects in this movie are just absolutely gorgeous. The, yes. the visual, yeah, visual effects are absolutely fantastic. And Greg, you you talked about this with me um, a couple of days ago, where you said it was it was absolutely without question one of the best character design things that you've seen in a long time. Yeah, and they the, their design of each of the individual like uh, hunters. I, I don't remember what they were called. Hunter. I want to say hunter kill, not hunter killers. Um, yeah, the hunter killers and the bounty hunters and the robots and the the players, the murder ball players. Were the, I didn't, but I didn't think they were hunter killers. That was that. They're was not a movie. hunter killer. No, that They're was a movie hunter. It was also a yeah it, fear factory song. Um, I'll trackers. look it up. No, it's not bounty hunters and it's not hunter killers. It's it's hunter something or other. Anyway, um, the a lot of a lot of these hunters are. It's a uh, hunter Hurst Helmsley. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> but hunter but warrior. Lot, that's it. Hunter. hunter warriors. A lot of the a lot of the hunter warriors are cyborgs in and of themselves. They all have they all have human body parts, and I guess they've been upgraded, if you will. Mm-hmm. So they have like human minds and human heads, but they've had all of their bodies like you know eventually replaced almost entirely. Yeah, each one has their own kind of thing modifications and yeah which is great and and they're all very distinctive and Mm -hmm. i i have to agree with you greg that the character design of each of these hunter warriors is 
just amazing. Like even the ones that you only see for a second. Mm-hmm. Like in that first, not the first introduction of Murder Ball, but like the first professional one, where there's like that one that kind of becomes like a bulldozer. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's all you see of that character for the most part. And it was like, well, that was kind of cool. And you're like, okay, that's, you know, they're obviously geared up for this one particular thing, the the motorball. Yeah, and that actually kind of reminded me of Ninja Scroll as well, where everyone had kind of their own power and their own, like, kind of ridiculous characterization. And each of these individual characters, that as you met them, you could kind of figure it out. And, like, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see concept art from those characters. I wanted to know how different things happened to them. But at the same time, and, man, I'm getting deep on this, but... I always have a hard time with, like, major body modification stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you see those pictures on Reddit or whatever of, like, people that insert horns into their skull and, like, you know. Okay, I, I, thought you were, I thought you were going somewhere way else with that. No, like, or that, or, like, the people are like, I didn't want my nose anymore, so I cut it off. Like, the real mm-hmm. people that do that. And then you see this world in which people are having themselves, you know, re- major portions of themselves replaced, whether on purpose or to become a star or, or due because to an accident or, or due to an accident or whatever. And it's like some of them, it's, it's really unsettling. Like there's some of the, like they look super cool, but at the same time, you're like, what the hell happened to you that put, got you to this point? And when I, when or, I'm thinking of that about a character, that means it's a well-designed character to me. Right. So I want to know their story. Right. Or like, like the original body design for Alita, somebody who's dealing with paralysis. Yeah. It's true. I, I, I would gladly watch a short film, say this, I gladly watch a short film on each of those hunter warriors. Yeah. Uh, the dog guy, Zypan, um, I'd, I'd love to see how they got to where they were. Yeah. Who, who was your favorite? Just the to dog ask that guy. question. McCready or whatever it was. Yeah. McTeague. 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 Yeah. yeah. He, he was the one that I was just, come on, like more. Come on. I want to see more of the dogs, more robot yeah. dogs. Because he, yeah. he says they they go, they confront another character, and his whole motivation for helping was because that character that they confront, uh, quote, wasn't a dog lover. Mm-hmm. And why was I guess he that, a dog that lover? Br- yeah, well, <laughs> well, that brings us to a That brings a us sad to, to, Greg's, to Greg's feature of the week, since I did it last week, too, or two weeks ago. Uh, does the dog die? Yes, the dog dies. The Damn it! Does die. Yeah, and it leads to actually now, a part that ended up in the credits, where with her rubbing the blood under the under her eyes. Yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's the where she gets the, the, the blood that the she rubs under her eyes is from the dogs. Yeah, dog blood. And to be honest, I, I knew there was, it was probably not going to be the type of movie with an after credit scene, but I had hoped that the after credit scene would be that dog in robot form barking. The, yeah, like with like with oh, oh like I had hoped that that's all it would be would be cuz it was like a what a Brussels griffin kind of mutt scraggly yeah. mutt terrier thing and I'd hoped that it would be like all robo doggy cuz like honestly when watching it I was like that there's no way that dog would have survived that long in that world as it's running between the legs of these giant like security bots I'm like there's no way that dog would have not been squished so I kind of yeah. knew its days were numbered but alas poor dog so yeah I, I like that movie, one as well guys. uh I thought the action sequences were great, and that's from the biggest to the smallest. The first time, speaking of the dog, that she runs underneath the security leg guard's legs mm-hmm. or security robot spider leg things, the way uh, they the Nigeria. way they filmed it, yeah, oh, uh, just a super cool sequence. It let you know what she was capable of very quickly. Yeah, and it 
the one the one thing that occurred to me big time on this, it was the first giant action movie I've seen in a long time where there was not a single time period that I was lost and didn't know who was fighting who and who had just died or gotten hit or whatever. I knew you could tell the entire time. And that's impressive. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um my impressions on it, uh I I, I thought it was really good. Um I, I left the movie kind of lukewarm. Um because of the way it ended. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, why? Because I'm, I'm getting deeper, deeper, you know, uh, into my movie watching experience. And I'm going, how the hell is she going to do this and then get there and do this with this much time left? I'm looking at my watch going, it says it's two hours and two minutes. It's, it's an hour and 45 minutes, man. They're not going to do – wait, are they going to do that? Are they? Oh, they did. So that kind of – that bothered me. And, and the mm, – all right, so they set it up for a sequel. All right, spoiler. I'm sorry. But <laughs> yeah, they assumed that it was going to do well enough to make a sequel unless they like secretly filmed part two or unless they filmed part two while they did part one, which is entirely possible. They did not. Uh, oh, okay. So hopefully – <laughs> go out and see this movie so I can see the damn sequel, please. And yeah. I won't be mad at Robert Rodriguez. It was expected to only make twenty three millions for twenty three million for its first four days. That was the early tracking. Uh, it turned out it made forty three as the final numbers came in. It was a four oh, day we, four day weekend. Um, the numbers I had last heard, I think I said to you, was like thirty eight, but apparently it was forty three. So that's including uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, I what guess about what, Thursday because didn't it come out on Thursday? Uh, yeah, but that doesn't really count towards it. I don't think. Maybe it did. Oh. I don't know. But they think that it made more money because they shifted the release date and it got. It was supposed to come out right amongst Aquaman and Bumblebee and all those. And as it was heading out, as it was heading out into the theaters, I was really concerned it was going to bomb because not because of its merits. It has all the names. It had the visuals and all that stuff. But there have been so many bad sci-fi movies or semi-decent sci-fi movies that have bombed recently i mean what jupiter ascending uh what are some of the other ones basically ever since the matrix did really well they keep on trying to do these non-star wars sci-fi movies and they always bomb unless it's like star wars or alien and even those haven't been great they just or bomb. sometimes it's because they're not marketed yeah like uh the disney one uh john carter yeah like john carter and uh there's one uh, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue um, it was the one based on the the book uh, Ender's Game. That okay, that's supposed to be a bit. That was supposed to, you know, it's a series of a whole bunch of books, and they never got past the first movie because it didn't do well. Although part of that was they they spoiled it in the trailer. But anyway, so it did forty three million. Mm-hmm. They do think another reason why is because this movie played really well in three D and three D IMAX. Oh, I and I def. This is one of those ones that I definitely recommend if you haven't seen it and you're thinking about it. Go see it in three, at least three D, if not three D IMAX. There is, yeah. If 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 I go see it again, which is a very likely possibility, um, I would see it in IMAX three D. Now I saw it in standard format because I had a free ticket, but I, I there were scenes in it where I was like, man, I would have jumped out of my chair. It of course is going to do a very large amount of its money overseas. It has not yet opened up in Japan or China, but in the other Asian market, it is doing very well. So depending on how the funding goes and what the what the directors and stuff want to do, it should do 
it might get that sequel that we want. Come on, guys, go out and see it. Yeah. So we can I, see Sam I Rockwell hope... as Apollo. Not Sam Rockwell. <laughs> and it's not even Apollo. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's oh, funny that God. you say Sam Rockwell because as they were doing the slow pan up as to who it was, I was Sam I, I literally thought it was Dana Carvey. And I'm not like at first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he just takes takes his glasses off and goes, "Not gonna do it." Yeah, I like because they pan up from his chin, and I was like, "Is that Dana Carvey?" Because he's wearing like a yellow mullet wig and like these weird glasses, and like doing the church lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Satan? No, but it it is uh, the other hidden re- uh, cameo that we're dancing around here. Of course, is Ed Norton. Edward Norton plays the big bad. Yeah. Now, there are some things I had to unpack with this movie afterwards. I don't think it needed the love interest storyline, at least. Not at all. And I think that might have been something that was kind of pushed in there via the movie studios, possibly. I don't know. Because you could have the same movie with this person just as a friend or a brother figure. Because... (sighs) I I had less of an issue with the love interest and more of an issue with people doing things that seemed like it was just stupid to do. Like, the, um, like dirtbag stuff. Well, no, like where he got himself in trouble. He, he drove out to talk to his friends to tell them that he was out. And it's like, and his friend says, he was, he was no longer going to strip robot parts from people. Right. But his friend says, well, you're not here half the time anymore anyway. And I'm like, well, then why the hell did he need to drive out there to tell him he wasn't coming anymore? Yeah. If he's, if he's already been MIA like most of the time anyway, why is he even bothering? Just just let it well, go. Well, that's the part that was modeled <laughs> and still was for me because they made it seem like this guy. There was a, there was a few things that were weird. They One, mm-hmm. the boyfriend guy was sort of a double agent, but it didn't really come to anything. And he kinda, they kind of left it up in the air as to if he knew certain things and if he didn't and like who this person, who the, how powerful the main character Alita was. So there's a little bit of weirdness there that I think wasn't fleshed out enough because it didn't technically mean anything. Like I'm sure there's, we could all go in and be like, well, yeah, it did mean this, but I don't know. It just, it was a weird, like you're waiting for him to turn on her, but he didn't, but Mm -hmm. there was no aha moment, but he did. And they glossed over it. Yeah. Like hard glossed over it he he got her to the tryout which was yeah which was what the betrayal was yeah and she was like i and there's that i thought that the the whole heart sequence was completely uncomfortable and weird yeah it was as cringeworthy as the um the sand scene in in whichever star wars prequel that was you know when he's it was pretty cringeworthy uh, yeah and that the group of people next to me were like like yeah, I was just like, what? Taking out her heart and giving and they, the guy, like, I, here, we could sell my heart and whatever. And, you, like, after she already knew that it was the most then powerful. Then we could get a cheaper model yeah. and you could sell it for millions of credits. And then we could go to Solomon yeah. or Cylom. I still can't. I don't. What was it? I'm not sure. Cylom? Yeah, the, the floating Cy- city. Cy- now, yeah. Gollum. Now, were there Gollum. any, was there anyone else in that city? In Gollum? Yeah. Or is it all people that were made by Norton. It was just um, Sam Rockwell up there. Well, we never saw anything in the city. We only ever saw um, Nova just standing there looking down at the people. Yeah. Apollo. Yeah, it just yeah. looked like... I mean, it looked like a city. It looked like a floating city. From the, There was no nothing yeah. making it float. They had some things going up there. 
I am under the some anchor. And there, it know. produces a crap load of trash, giant trash mm-hmm. that gets dumped down. So I'm wondering if that's just his like minions up there like building stuff for him, if, and if he's the only like real person up there. I think it's possible, um, but I mean, who's going to find Hugo in a scrap heap in the next movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody is. I also wondered about the that way of keeping people out of the city, the the blade thing. Like, does it some? Do they have to like reset that thing? And why? Yeah, how does it reset? And why does she have to? If she was able to jump over it the first time, why does it matter that she becomes an athlete later on? I was wondering about that. Yeah. Well, and one of, and this is going to sound silly, but one of my problems with the movie was that. And it was one of the things I was worried about going into the movie. I felt that they tried to cram too much into this one movie. Mm -hmm. Because quite frankly, her climb through the motorball ranks could have been a movie in and of itself. And I would have gone to watch it. Yeah. We haven't even talked about motorball yet. It's basically like roller derby slash basketball, but with with a little bit of battle bots turned in. And the sequences are, are incredible. Yeah, they're super fun. And like I found myself like engaged with the sport above and beyond the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. I I was sitting there and I was kind of uh, digging my fingers into the you know fronts of the armrest because I was like, oh god, don't be another pod race scene, please. <laughs> and it was, it was it, not. It, it absolutely was not. It was very enjoyable. It was uh, feasible as a sport. And you know what? I kept thinking to myself is, man, this is a video game I would oh, yeah. play. Same. That would, oh, finally, yeah. that would finally get you away game. from your addiction, Rob. Might get me away from uh, Rocket yeah. Ball? A Rocket League? <laughs> Rocket Ball. I mean, I thought that the, the part where she turns around with the ball and, like, beheads that one person with it, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was so badass because she she very much is a naive teenager um, through a Which lot I of like. the movie. I like the, the characters. Yeah. And – and this this part that you're talking about, somebody calls her and says, "Hey, uh, these people you're playing against are trying to murder you. There's a you know, there's a price on your head, not a bounty, because that's something completely different." And she says, "Which one?" Yeah. <laughs> says, well, all of them. All of them. But you you almost think that she's just gonna kind of oh okay you know she's just you know super naive and she's gonna go out and try and just win the race but she she stops and turns around she starts taking these these baddies out and in very cool ways so yeah it was just another you know the the murder ball stuff was motor ball stuff was great i kept i kept wanting to say murder ball when i was watching it that's another movie and so it had yeah. like a sports though, element uh, to it it had it had like a jack the ripper element to yeah. it which i love that sequence the mm-hmm. oh my god that was so that was so cool so like we there's a, a little mini mystery where she thinks that the person that found her and rebuilt her might be killing other cyborgs or other people for parts so she follows him out there and it turns out not but there's the sequence is just it's a great fight scene you finally realize what she's capable of they they introduced Gru- gruishka which here's another thing which i thought was a little weird gruishka is this this big dude and mm-hmm. The first time she ever faces him, basically she what di- disarms him, literally, mm-hmm. and then he becomes yeah. a later on big bad. Even though they make a little bit of a an attempt to basically say he's just gutter trash. So why would the richest, most important person in this city, which I think is the only city in the world, right? Why would the richest, most important person? I'm sorry, be using gutter trash? 
Like I, that was another part. I was like, that's interesting that he was the one that climbed up through the, the minion ranks. Mm. Well, but that's that's how it always is. They use they use the um, the one that ha- has a reason to use- hate the character because they had a run in earlier in the movie. But like they first, he first shows up and he's looking like like uh, Megatron in one of the earlier Transformers movies, where he's like all like disheveled and like wearing an old rag and. I, was kind of, I just thought it was kind of interesting that that's the person that they like superpowered later on. Well, I, 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 yeah. I think it's a almost like a commentary on how the rich use the less fortunate and and get them to do their dirty work kind of thing. It could be. I mean, he did get that super yeah, sweet he, harpoon arm. Well, I, I had a couple of problems with that because Alita took care of him so easily in the in the beginning of that. And this was supposed to be, um, what's his name? Garishka or no, Sam Rockwell's character. Uh, Nova. 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 Apollo. Nova. So, uh, Edward Norton's character, Nova, uh, said, Oh, you beat my champion. I'm like, but that guy was like a doofus. He was like a big meat headed robot that suddenly gets these like, flying knife arms and everybody's scared of him. I was like, nah. I think in the well, original every, comic. Everybody was scared of him beforehand though, because remember when he entered the, I mean, when he entered the, the, the lair, the hunter Can- lair or whatever. Was it Kansas? Yeah. The bar. Yeah. The bar. Yeah. yeah. When he entered the hunter lair for the first time and everybody saw him, they all kind of drew back. They knew who he was and nobody really wanted to challenge him. And some of that may be from his reputation, but some of it may also be that they knew who he worked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I think, it's different. In I the think book, in the what? book, it's two different characters. Okay. If I, I've, I haven't read it yet, but I'm, I've been kind of looking at pages online. I think I'm going to get it when it's available again. The book sold out, so mm-hmm. yay. Uh, the end, the end, yeah, I just thought it was kind of a... available on YouTube, but not available anywhere else, so I don't feel bad watching it on YouTube. And it's just called uh, Battle Angel there. But... Uh, I'll have to check it yeah. out. And uh, no, there's there was a lot to like there. There was I the world building was great. I wanted to quote unquote live in that world, at least watch that world more. I didn't. I didn't want to live at yeah, that world. No, no, no. But I wanted to. I wanted to see the stories of that world, like you said. Yes. And I I do hope it does well enough to see more because I was very intrigued with what I did see. And and for the love of God, people, go see it so we can get a sequel. Yeah, yeah please. If nothing else, I can. Even if nothing else, the action sequences are worth every penny. Oh, absolutely, for sure. So the give me five ranking for the movies, Jimmy. IMAX 3D. Great. Yep. IMAX 3D. That's the highest mark I've given a movie that we've reviewed on here. Well, with with and, a side of popcorn and some raisinets. And I would I would concur. What are you going to drink? Clamato juice. Definitely <laughs> Clamato. Clamato. Go ahead, Rob. This is definitely an IMAX 3D movie, guys. And do yourself a favor, spring for the extra little three bucks or four bucks, whatever it is, for the for at least the 3D. But you really, really want to check this out in IMAX 3D. Also, this movie is PG-13, and I have no idea how it's PG-13. I guess it's because they... It's all, uh, I think the lack of blood. Because the blood is, is blue, yeah. But it's all robots. It, it pushes the limit, and there's an F-bomb. That one F-bomb... Oh, yeah, that was great. One F-bomb gives you a PG-13 rating automatically. Two F-bombs gives you an R. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of our show, and you know what happens here. I get to answer the question first. It's time for the Give Me Five. And for today's question, we came up with celebrities from one field 
that turned out to be pretty good in another field. All right. This is based on Gerard Way, of course, writing a comic book around the same time as he was in one of the world's largest bands or one of the more acclaimed bands of the time. Yeah. So here's uh, – I'll go ahead and go first and maybe we'll establish a few things here. Um, I've got a couple of uh, – well, I've got a dishonorable mention and I've got an honorable mention. Which one would you like to hear first? Let's go with uh, honor before dishonor. All right, my honorable mention is Mr. Eddie Murphy for his song Party All the Time. Nice. I love that song. And I wish we'd hear more from Mr. Eddie Murphy. Uh, my dishonorable mention is the Joe Jonas guitar solo. You're not fooling anyone. You're not talented. Ooh. All right, so getting into my five. My number five is going to be Bo Jackson, the man who was good at multiple sports. Like legit good. Legit good. He wasn't All-star like in multiple sports. Yeah. Deion Sanders was fast. Um he and really could be hit. Yeah. But Michael Jordan played two sports. He wasn't great at baseball. But Bo Jackson was legitimately good at both football and baseball. Number four is going to be Gerard Way, who we just mentioned, the author of Umbrella Academy, the lead singer for My Chemical Romance, and uh, the reason that this question is where it's at. Number three is Jack White, who's been called one of the most innovative guitar players of this century, decade. Um, He was in a movie called Cold Mountain, and he was damn good in that. Was that the meth movie? No. Cold Mountain was the Civil War movie with, um, yeah, he's in, uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, he was, he was, uh, Holmes. Come on, help me. Holmes? I will go to the research department. Yeah, he was Holmes in, in, oh no, Sherlock. He was, uh, the other guy. Oh, uh, I know what you mean. Uh, Mar- Martin. Brit- um, British guy. No, pretty yeah, British guy. Jude Law. Jude Law. Holy crap. Thank you. I was thinking of the British TV show, Sherlock Holmes. Never mind. No, uh, yeah, Jack White, he's a really good actor, and I think he should be in more stuff. My number two is Bobcat Goldthwait, who you all remember is the crazy oddball guy from Police Academy. He is uh, actually a pretty accomplished director. He directed God Bless America, and I was like, really? That guy? Cool. So my number one, rest in peace, Robin Williams was not only a comedic legend, but he also played dramatic roles very well. And uh, the one I'm using as an example specifically is the movie What Dreams May Come. So uh, that is my five. Nice. Very strong. I'll go next. And my first one might be a little controversial in the world of Jimmy. Sure, do it. But I'm going to go with Kevin Smith. Uh, filmmaker, which is how he became well-known, but he went on to become a comic book writer. And this is another little bit of controversy because he wrote a really pretty good series of Daredevil and Green Arrow comics. Not together, but separate. Uh, came up with some pretty awesome villains and some pretty awesome ideas. So it wasn't like a fan fiction, right? No, no, no. It was like, it was produced. <laughs> it was produced. Um, I really enjoyed his He's take like- on Daredevil. It was, and this guy named Kevin dressed up as Daredevil and like saved babes. Anyway, <laughs> made fart jokes, oral sex jokes. Now the, the Daredevil series was good. It kind of 
there's a lot of like him talking about like Catholicism and stuff like that, which I actually find interesting as filtered through the Daredevil character. Catholicism. Yeah. Me. Catholicism. Catholicism. The art of being Catholicized. Okay. Anyway. Clamato. Yes. He's Catholicized. Clamatism. Anyway. Are you saying Catholic? Yes. He's saying Catholicism. Yes. I'm saying Catholicism, but I said it wrong. (laughs) And he's pissed now. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Clamato! Oh, this episode. (laughs) Number four is Umbrella Academy. Gerard Way, we already talked about that. Uh, Number three... I'm going to change it up here uh, just because uh, Rob, who is a nurse, but also a podcaster. There we go. Now, are you happy now, Catholicism boy? Whoa. <laughs> no. My number three is actually Jared Leto, who was, you know, was the Joker. He was uh actor. Uh, what was the, was it my so-called life or my so-called whatever that he was started off in? I forget what his, he was like a TV dreamboat I person. I think you're right. Um, so he started off there and then of course he had a band or has a band 30 seconds to Mars and they do really well on the back of their music. Like, yeah, they're not bad. Yeah. Their music's really good and it's, and he's still a good actor. Uh, number two, somehow I managed to screw this up and miss this for a while, but I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'll actually go with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, the first time I ever saw her was the movie out of sight. I know that she had been a dancer <laughs> on, uh, are you saying she's a good actress? I do think she's a good actress. All right. She was great and out of sight. She's been in a, she's had a couple of roles that, that were pretty good. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't great in Gili, but she was really good in, in out of sight. And she was like the next big thing. And then all of a sudden she put out an album and it blew up. It was really good. Uh, but you're not saying this because she was one of the Spice Girls? Not one of the Spice what? Girls. Not she was. She was one of the Spice Girls. What's wrong with you? I feel like there's a joke here. No, the Spice Girls, not the Spice Girls. Shit, the Fly one Girls. The Fly from- Girls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, oh I'm, I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> we need to number one is episode Sam Rockwell <laughs> as Apollo. <laughs> it's going to be like the, oh, the, the league of miscast superheroes. We're going to be, we're going to make a team <laughs> based of, on the people we've accidentally mentioned for wrong role tonight. <laughs> what did you say? Fire, ass, and force kids? <laughs> Forks lad. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, Jennifer Lopez is my number two. <laughs> number one, I somehow managed to miss this one, but Donald Glover. And then I was like, oh, yeah, him. Uh, Donald Glover. Oh, yeah. I uh, started off as a writer for 30 Rock. Then he, of course, was an actor on Community and, a, and Atlanta and showrunner for Atlanta and all this stuff. And, of course, a pretty renowned rapper. And I believe took home the uh, rap song of the year or hip hop song. Rap. He sure did for America. Yeah. Yes. At the Grammys oh, just last week. America. So that would be my number one. So, fire ass, it's your turn. Wait, is that me? It, it is now. That's you. I'm force lad. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, I'm mispronunciation gonna... boy. <laughs> Notice how I mispronounced that. <laughs> my my <laughs> list is going to change a little bit because I'm actually going to steal one from Greg's list. But uh, I'll start at number five. And this is kind of a cheat for me, but. Uh, I'm going to put in William Goldman for being a great writer and screenplay, a great writer of books and a great writer of screenplays as he produced The Princess Bride. That's not a cheat. My number four is going to be Bo Jackson, great multiple sport athlete. He actually yes, actually was an all-star in both sports, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
At number three, I'm going to put Jerome Flynn. Do either of you know who Jerome Flynn is? I do. Is? Uh, from from yep. Game of Thrones. Did you know... He was in a pop band. That he was in a pop band. It was a duo. It was him and another guy, but he was in a British pop band. So he actually had a career Hell yes. as a British pop band singer. And he actually turned out to be one of my favorite characters because he's very convincing as Bronn the Sellsword in Game of Thrones. He was also in a bunch of commercials somewhere in between those two things. Mm-hmm. Where he played like a dreamboat. Yes. But he's he's very convincing in Game of Thrones, and I think he's a great actor as well. My number two is going to be Donald Glover. I'm going to take that one from Greg for all the reasons that he that he mentioned. I, r- actor, writer, and rapper. And that's one of the reasons why he's at number two is because he's in like three fields, mm-hmm. which is the same as my guy who's number one, and that's going to be Terry Crews. Terry Crews actually went to college and was a major in art. He was mm-hmm. actually a very good painter, but he also had a penchant for football and he was actually an NFL player for a number of years before he began his acting career and Terry Crews I find to be absolutely hilarious in his roles I love he him does in, comedy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine whatever I yeah. forget the number but yeah he does comedy very very well. oh man he was president macho camacho whatever in idiocracy which we were talking about today yes. actually have you have you seen all of his uh-huh. old spice commercials oh yeah yeah those are fantastic they i are. i laugh every time i see those and muscle music have you seen muscle music Mm-mm. that one i well maybe i have terry cruz is hilarious terry cruz is actually one of one of the star. If I had a choice to sit down and have a beer with some famous celebrity, he'd probably be my number one choice, just because <laughs> I think he'd be hilarious to sit down and talk to. Yeah, he would be in the movie Idiocracy. He played President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! But he's gonna be my number one. Nice. That's a good choice. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Rob, are you angry about anything? Not really. I'm so mellow that I just don't get it. It's time to rant, Rob. (laughs) I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. You can do like a happy rant. doesn't have to be. It's it's your floor. Whatever is on your mind. Like how much you like Clamato juice. (laughs) (laughs) No one likes Clamato juice. I do, damn it. I'm going to bring some in tomorrow. Well, I think I'm going to go with movie critics. All right. Because I realize it's your freaking job to review a movie. Now, are you talking... Okay, so you're talking about people do it for career. Right. I realize it's your job to review a movie, but for the love of God, when was the last time that you went to a movie to enjoy it? Quit shoving all all of these movies with socially redeeming qualities in them or social social values in them down my throat and telling me that this is a great movie that I have to go see when I want to just go see fart jokes for an hour. All right. If, if I want real life, I'm not going to go to a movie. I go to a movie to escape real life. And I, I just don't understand why people need all of this social commentary, all of these, you know, hidden messages, all of this crap in their movie for it to be considered a good movie. And you're turning people away 
from movies that are actually really enjoyable and probably won't get a sequel if they don't do well. Quit turning people away from Alita Battle Angel. He had, he had, there, there it was. He had a, a hidden message. I was looking at some of the reviews of Alita Battle Angel and I was, I was heartened to see that a lot of the reviews from people who just went mm-hmm. to go see the movie, a lot, a lot of moviegoers actually gave it very good reviews. It was like 40, it, I saw this, it was 47% critics liked it. So not much. Mm-hmm. And like 92% regular people yeah. liked it. And why is it? that people who are paid to review these movies and give us their opinion tend to think the exact opposite of the public. I don't understand. Now, you can say, oh, the public is stupid. They don't really know what they want or they're easily impressed. We're not easily impressed. You know what? Shut the F up. This whole this whole genre, this whole, this whole mode of entertainment, if you will, is designed for entertainment. Quit shoving all this crap down my throat. I want to be entertained for an hour and a half. I don't want to go there and feel bad about myself because because I'm a terrible person and I don't think the way that, you know, anyway, whatever. Shut up. Thank you, Rob. F you, critics. <laughs> That's why the rant is there. Excellent. Excellent work. I love the passion there. Okay, guys. So Even if the vocabulary was terrible. That's fine. <laughs> the whole episode has been bad vocabulary. Oh, yeah. If you uh, want to complain about stuff, although, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you enjoy a good fart joke, so you probably agree with Rob as well. But if you want to complain about anything related to uh, mispronunciation or anything else, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can check us out on Twitter, Give Me Five Pod, and also in Instagram, which Instagram recently has had quite a few pictures of me and Jimmy doing embarrassing things. Oh, then we'll have a lot more. We're going to, on Instagram, Jimmy and I are going to do a series of pictures making fun of Instagram uh, cliches. Yep. Although I'm not taking off my shoes, so I'm not doing the, the feet in the sand one. So that's all you. No, we we can do the foot circle one with maybe there are students tomorrow. They seem to be really Yeah, we can do it, that. We can do so... the foot circle. We got in the okay. heart hands. We got to do some heart hands. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Oh, you too? Get the, get the fuck out. I hate that so much. Think, that's so your like next rant. Shaping your fingers. Yeah, okay, never yeah. mind. Anyway, I'll you can it. email us at, at gimme5podcast at gmail.com. Speaking of emailing us, uh, Timmy Capello from previous episode emailed me the other day and referred to me as brother, and I can die happy now. Yeah, I, was, I actually was like, ah, in class, and I I had to get Jimmy's attention. He, he did. He was like, dude, dude, dude. And uh, I, I think it's wonderful that we've been able to establish a relationship with, with Mr. Timmy Cabello. Uh, I was very uh, – Does he actually uh, listen to the podcast? He does. I mean, we, we talk, I talk uh, back and I was, forth with him, and he I, I think he does. But he's also busy – sorry, he, I mean, he's busy getting prepared, getting prepared for a tour. Yep. And we're going to try to get him down to Orlando. We're going to try to – I'm trying to help him out with a few yeah. other dates. So. I, I was very uh, heartened, I think, enheartened. Not disheartened, but to hear today. <laughs> what? I'm not entirely sure that's a word either. Anyway, go on. Did, did, I was very enchanted <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> that one of our students knew who Mr. Timmy Capella oh, was. Awesome. I need. Yeah, it was, and uh, I was like, yeah, not to be like a big deal or anything, but we're kind of friends with him now. I apparently have to stop so. doing whippets during the show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, your voice gets really high. It's know. great. Anyway, you can also leave us a review on iTunes, which helps us out quite a bit, and it's free. <laughs> you can also buy our stuff. Uh, 
So <laughs> that, won't, that won't be free, but it'll help us out. I'm an idiot. Uh, anyway, you could go to uh, gimme5podcast.threadless.com. <laughs> We've got stuff. Or you can check out our Libsyn page, gimme5.libsyn.com. On there, you'll find an Amazon link. I'm plowing through this because I know I'm going to lose it. Do it, man. So Just keep going. Go on Amazon. You can buy whatever it is you need. Um, We're almost Possibly there. an entire crate of Comedo juice. Who knows what they have there? Clamato! Clamato! And, <laughs> and we get a little bit of that money, and it's not going to Amazon, who is not paying any taxes at all this year, by the way. But that's all other thing. So oh. thank you for listening. Thank you for making it this far. And Jimmy? <laughs> for- You know why I like Clamato juice so much? And yeah, I'm going to call it Clamato from now on. But I'll tell you, it's because when I was little, uh, my mom used to make Bloody Marys. And I used to always say, hey, mom, let me have one of those. And her solution to that was she'd dress it up like she would uh, hers, but without vodka in it. And Mm. she would put a stick of celery in there. She'd do some ground pepper and put it on top of that. And I felt like I was drinking like an adult drink, you know? So I felt like, you know, it was one of those things that I just kind of felt like it was something special. So it's where it comes from. I'm going to accept that. Yeah. Not, not a super, um, you know, I, I was dying of thirst and then a, you know, a, a magi came from the desert and gave me some Clamato juice, but yeah, Clamato truck it's, it's smashed very... in front of you, spilling <laughs> gallons of Clamato onto the street, which you lapped up like a cat. My blood is Clamato juice, actually. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's your reason. Love you, Mom.